Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chalas Con Chavos. I'm your co-host, John, and here once again with Miguel. We got a special guest uh, this episode. Oh, we got to hit it up. Yeah, Repeat. Sorry, that. That <laughs> hey, that's the, the, the DJ right there at the Las Fiestas right there. Like, hey! That wasn't supposed hey. to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, but everybody, we have a special guest tonight. Um, he's going to pop up hopefully soon. But before that happens, uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some world soccer news. Uh, yeah. uh, what's been going on here in San Diego and, and uh, a match that occurred yesterday with the Pumas and and Seattle Sounders, which was a, a intense match, you know, but what's up, Miguel? Que pasa, man? No, nothing, man. Just trying to get like, uh, you know, trying to um, process everything that kind of happened yesterday. Uh, I felt the uh, the shift of American soccer, you know, just kind of just kind of go tilt a little bit towards the American way, you know, like for the longest time we always had, you know, this this uh, this dominance over American leagues and teams and national teams. And and yeah. the, now that the Sounders won pretty, I mean, they, it was pretty decisive. You know, they that was yeah, they the the culture in uh, North America has definitely shifted towards the United States, I feel. Hasn't uh, I didn't Toronto win it a couple years ago or am I wrong? No, actually, so I, I believe this is the first non-Liga MX team that has won the CONCACAF Champions League. I know oh, before, yeah, before when it was like the 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 Campeones, Campeones Cup or when it was kind of like a smaller tournament, when the Mexican teams didn't really have any incentive to send their best teams. Um, you know, you would see like small teams like, you know, like uh, like Saprisa win and like, um, you know, a lot of the smaller like, uh, I think it was like the Trinidad and Tobago team that kind of won. But ever since it became the CONCACAF Champions League, it's been very steadily, like, very dominantly won by Mexican teams. And then last yeah, night, yeah. that just wasn't the case. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I'm not – of MLS, of all the teams I, I watch most of, and, and it kind of sucks because, um, you know, like, we can't watch LAFC games here in Galaxy matches, you know, but I've been following, uh, like, Portland, you know, because they, they have those matches. Uh, but we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit later because we have a special guest here uh, and we want to, you know, have his uh, opinion on this too. Uh, so Miguel, whenever you want to uh, get our special guest on here, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we are very, very, very happy to have a friend of the Chavos, um show up with us uh, today. Um, we're talking with Chris from the Black Loyal. I mean, sorry, from the Black Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm like, 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 yeah like, that's, that's the new yeah. crew. That's the newest Warriors group right there. Yeah, hey y'all, look at that. Like, if, you know, if I ever move back to SoCal. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll, we'll we'll make another chapter, right? Yeah, sorry about that, man. But it was yeah. So the Black Diamonds Independent Supporter Group from New Mexico United. Uh, Chris, welcome. Uh, it's been about a year since we seen you. I think we saw you last time when uh, New Mexico came down last season. Right, um, right. Uh-huh. How you been, man? How's how's life in New Mexico? Whew, it's good, man. Uh, life life out here is good. Um, I miss I miss SoCal definitely. You know, my folks are out in Riverside, so. Um, it's been a minute since I've been out there. I guess like you know Christmas time. So uh, it's, it's a good time been, to come out. What's that? It's a good time to come out. Yeah, man, definitely. I uh, God, I don't know the next time I'm coming out. You know, it's usually just sporadic sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Uh, my name is John. Uh, uh, I've obviously uh, heard uh, you speaking a lot, and uh, I know of you, but I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you. So welcome on the show. Right on, man. 
Thank you for having me on. I'm gonna go ahead and pop a beer to you guys right here. Right here. Yeah, yeah. Got the papa. Right here. Like the loyal cheers to everybody. Love it. So we're actually very excited to have you on, man. Um, so for for those that don't know of uh, Black Diamonds, uh, tell us a little bit of how you guys got started. Um, what was the uh, what is your driving force behind? Like, is it community? Is it events? Uh, and um, yeah, just give us a little bit of background about it. Yeah, Black Diamonds is really, I mean, it's crazy because I've, I've talked about it a lot, you know what I mean? But it always kind of comes back to real, real sentiments to me, which is uh, being a Black supporter um, here in New Mexico, you know, there are really not a lot of Black soccer supporters here. And soccer, for one, in America really is not heavily marketed through, um, you know, Black black um, advertisement, if you will. So you're not really seeing soccer pumping through. You're seeing basketball and football, yep. right? And, and for the most part. And so after taking in a soccer match here, and of course I've been exposed to a few prior to um, the inception of this team, I was really like, you know, this is something that I think more folks could enjoy, right? Like more black folks could enjoy it. And I had gone back to work after really pumping up the team real, real loud at my work. And, uh, and a lot of the other gents, there were like, you know, what's soccer? And I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, because <laughs> I mean, unless you, you know, unless you've kind of been exposed to it, like, I mean, most people that I've come across have been exposed to soccer by the 98 World Cup for about 42 ish. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was like maybe that moment for you. And so it just kind of became a thing. I was like, okay, well, I really don't, I really don't want anyone else to have to live like, you know, 40 years of their life or so and not be exposed to the game. And it's such a beautiful game at, at that. So um, it became a mission for that point to make sure that we can definitely um, like kind of see like the black community, like, you know, come into the soccer community as well, just as much as like the soccer community is like going like into the black community, right? Like it, the mission kind of furthered because it, what it became is, you know, folks sometimes really um, consume black culture as kind of a destination, right? I mean, besides things like listening to the music or there's the fashion, there's the food, right? And so, you know, when it's, when you're looking for ribs, you know, you're going to that spot, you know, and, yeah. And it's just, it becomes, we, we like in kind of like learned behaviors. We have these seasonal habits that we do, right? Like today is Cinco de Mayo. So folks are like, boom, I got to get my taco plates and I get my jaritos or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Modelo, yeah. Modelo beer. <laughs> yeah. The, the real ones, it may be different than that anyways. Right. But that's just what folks think that they got to do, you know? So, um, so when it came to black diamonds, it was like, okay, well, one, you know, we need to normalize black culture because at the time that this is all kind of happening is like right in the midst of, you know, Black yeah, Lives black Matter kind of rising up, police brutality being a thing. And so it's like, man, how can I contribute to like some of the activism that's happening? I didn't really grow up being an activist, but right. I knew that I wanted to find my voice in it all. And so the way I knew how was just, I was like, well, I mean, I had been exposed to supporters culture through the curse. And I was like, well, I wonder if I could start a group like that 
And I had come across a group at the same time called Featherstone Flamingos, the supporters group for Forward Madison on League One and yeah. uh, Madison. And so I was like, wow, there is a group like that. How do I, how can I do one like this? And so, you know, I, I went through kind of like what seemed like different steps, you know, like, did I need to gather the blessing from the curse? Is that like the permission I had to get to be able to do a group like this? Did I have to ask the club if they were okay with it? Like, do you know what I mean? There's just a lot of, did I need to ask for permission to do something that completely obviously was like from the heart and was for a good purpose and good intention and to need to be uh, understood. Um, but, and obviously in all those roads, it was like, no, like no one, everyone was like, dude, do, do what you got to do. And so, you know, it just became about timing. So black diamonds, as it stands, you know, what we're seeking to do obviously is, is remove the barriers, um, that make soccer inaccessible to our community to make the game really more for, you know, a lot of black youth, black, black and brown youth, right? Like make the game accessible to them. Um, you know, another thing is getting, um, getting the folks into the games, you know, like, Hey, we've created this space for you. It's safe. Like I'm enjoying this game is for you. Like there are folks that look like you inside the game and, yep. uh, you know, and then and just the cherry on top is like, the team signed like eight players, you know, from Africa, more or less, or, you know, or other, other, um, some other dual citizens, but, you know, obviously, you know, being black. So the team has a lot of, of, of the black community, I think, and representation on the team. And so it's like, yeah, what year better than this year to come in and really see that, there is someone that looks like you on the pitch and there are folks that look like you in the stands and uh, we wanted to come join. Yeah, of course. Uh, I just to chime in there. I, you know, that's, that's, those are great words right there uh, with the culture too. Right. Like in the fans, how you just said that there's people that look like, like a diverse background, look like you that love the right. same sport. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you already know that, but when you go to our supporters or a gathering or everyone's there for a soccer team cheering in, everyone is just together, right? Like the like the soccer culture and supporters group culture is it's just such unity in it that you know how you how you brought up about like the food and stuff, and that's why you know me and Miguel were talking about this a lot too about our stadium situation over here, just because uh, we've tailgated over. You know, uh, when uh, SD Loyal played against uh, LA Galaxy, then when, when SD Loyal played against Albion, but the tailgating atmosphere just brought a lot of us together, you know, because, you know, the locals showed up and we're, you know, carne asada and, and stuff like that. And then everybody was, you know, different different backgrounds. Everybody was just coming together and having fun. And there might be some people like that in the community that are from, you know, uh, different neighborhoods that really don't you know feel that at school or high school or college you know but once they go and support you know the new mexico united or any any soccer club you know in their city you know they're going to feel that and, and that's why i think it should grow and i think you're doing a great thing yeah man i appreciate that it's it's cool it's like like i said to be able to be on the scene and kind of develop a dynamic is what we're trying to do right we're trying to i think we're slowly but surely trying to develop our tailgate as like you know being like I would say like being like in the South, like my, maybe like my grandfather's like backyard party. You know what I mean? Like, like right now the music is all like new age because the DJs are real young, but there's going to be that moment when like, you know, like 
George Clinton and, and Parliament Funkadelics comes on or you know what I mean? Like Hell your yeah. parents' music. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When it comes on and like it's gonna feel like real like, you know, like real old school, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, and, you know, that definitely builds like uh it builds a momentum, especially for your club and your supporters, you know, and you, you see that like, you know, like in cities like Atlanta, right? Um, you know, just uh, the hip hop culture is just entrenched in that in that team. And um, I actually had a question to you about, um, so New Mexico, actually Albuquerque, actually the entire state of New Mexico has always been, um, it's very, it's been a very blue collar state, right? Um, you never really hear a whole lot coming out of New Mexico. You never really see a lot coming out of New Mexico. Um, but with New Mexico United, it feels like that is a team that the entire, not just the city of Albuquerque, that the entire state is behind. Um, for you, somebody that lives there, um, and sees that every day. How, how, how is that like? Uh, how's that been able to see? You know, coming from your eyes, how how a single soccer team, a USL team, out of you know, anywhere, you know, that has right. been able to revitalize the the community. I think the, I think the community grasps onto any of its products, right? Um, you were saying like things coming out of New Mexico, and I thought the same way too. But I mean, a good amount of the movie scene. Is our movie industry is shot here in New Mexico? They oh, have right. they have yeah, Netflix here. They got um, they have a Facebook location here. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So they have they definitely shoot movies here for sure. Um, and uh, and then and then the other thing too is like I mean you got you got Jackson's you know out, you know Jackson Wink like you you know what I mean like Wink you know so you got MMA fighters that fight out of New Mexico out of Albuquerque in fact. Um, Holly Holmes yeah. is here. John Jones is here. Um, you know what I mean. So you got you got those folks that are here too. Um, uh, but as far as like how people are really coming behind the team, I mean, it is the new thing. Um, but it it is doing so much in the community that it's just so easy for the average like New Mexican to be behind the team and some days you get to see kind of what y'all see like in Cali where, you know, you see like all how deep you are, you know, obviously you're in San Diego. So you'll see all the, all the little Padre like stickers and the little, like, you know, the SD everywhere, the colors are in people's daily wardrobe, even if it's like shirt and tie or whatever the vibe is. We definitely see a lot of that here. We see the yellow shields on vehicles almost every other seems like sometimes you see people working in the wardrobe, the culture like transverses into like, like food restaurants, you know, they got the yellow and black cookie somehow, or, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like people really grasp onto it. And, um, you know, New Mexico is just, Mexico United is just, um, just really had real, real positive impact. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it is, but, I mean, there's so many other things here, man. The chili, the chili is like the thing, like the hatch. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to have that that green chili here. You know, you got to have. You know, it's all about red or green or Christmas, as we like to get down and have a little bit of both. You know, there's there's a lot of secrets in New Mexico. You just gotta you gotta cross over into it, and you know, and then you'll oh, see all yeah. the. Things. You might. You I mean, might I've always, heard, always heard Albuquerque like a very artsy town too. Like, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, I, I'm, I haven't had a chance to go, but I'm definitely gonna try to go. Uh, maybe next season if I can for uh, yeah. you know, the logo game or even just a visit. But um, but how how did you specifically get into soccer? Like, what what was uh, what 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 brought your passion to the game? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, like, so when I was younger, I mean, I was exposed to it. Like I said, the 98 World Cup was a very good entry point. Um, I think the thing I noticed about that that I take away was the world stopped when soccer was playing, right? Anytime the game was being played, the world stopped. And during that time, we were, we were in wars, you know what I mean? So that was a time where when they were playing, when the U.S. was playing, it was like everyone was like, okay, we got to stop and watch this. And so that was the first kind of exposure point. And then, of course, you know, uh, MLS came around, LA Galaxy came around. So then it was like, okay, you know, boom, there's a team. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to follow this team. But I didn't really know anything about the game that way other than I was just like, man, why do these games – why are these games inconsistency? They're really long. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, like they're 90 minutes, but why are they ending at 98 minutes? Like, what is that about? And, yeah. you know, we're, we're just running around trying to get, like, one goal. Like, what's the vibe? So it, it didn't – no one really explained it to me. And, I mean, as yeah. I got older, went to college, I had roommates that – we're all scholarship at uh, Stanislaus State, so I was around soccer players that were playing for the college, and so it was. I just, you know, and it, I just watched it. It was just like, you know, I, I, by that time, it's like, okay, we're trying to score goals here, know that much, right? And uh, and uh, you know, and then after that, I think I just kind of went away from it. Really, it just didn't. It just it wasn't anything that I was playing, um, and so then of course, hearing about United. But before that, there was Albuquerque Soul here, and um, oh, that's right. Yeah, Albuquerque Soul, and and also Albuquerque FC. Uh, really, the same same season the year before United. So I just really follow them. You know, what I mean, I follow them. I wrote articles on them. I try to interview them. Just try to really kind of, you know, just kind of bring some coverage to to those teams. And then United came, and so slowly but surely, I worked myself into covering the team as well on an independent podcast and uh you know kind of the rest was history but i probably have uh i probably have um i probably have how do i want to say it like consumed a lot of soccer in twice as amount of the time because one i'll be up like kind of later or i'm just really looking for hey what is this called what is that called I'm trying to watch as much yeah. soccer as possible. You're playing catch up. You're playing lifetime yeah. catch up. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really cool, man. It's addicting. And we were mentioning earlier before you came on, uh, Chris, about the match yesterday. I'm not sure if you saw it. Was the the Concacaf, you know, Champions Final? Oh yeah. The, was you know against uh, Pumas and and uh, Seattle Sounders. And, and did you happen to watch that game? Did you, did you notice like the vibe, just like the craziness that was going on at the stadium? Yeah, it was like kind of switching over a little bit because it was at the same time as like the United game in Sacramento. So it was like yeah. the clock was just about the same. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was definitely switching over and it, it looked nuts. You know what yeah. I mean? It looked nuts. So I just, I can imagine. Yeah. So how did, speaking of the, the United matchup, how did that go? How did uh, you know? So yeah, we just ended up basically like locked, locked up and a nil nil draw. So still in a point on the road, but I mean, uh, from a United perspective, United fan perspective, supporter fans, uh, supporters perspective, I think that it's like we have lost a few, we've drawn some. So yeah. there's that imminent need for a, a win for three points, for yeah. seeing the team just be able to kind of come out and be as aggressive as they were when they first jumped off. And, you know, definitely this is a early season challenge for our new head coach, Zach Prince. 
um, which I think is good because he's got to figure out kind of how to break through. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and the, the contrast of his style and our former coach, uh, Troy Lassane's style, is that Troy Lassane might wait 10 games to kind of get a good sample of the team, kind of evaluate what it is. But he's, but Zach is like very much like, I can't wait 10 games. If I've waited 10 games, that could be too late. He's just steadily after it, after each one. And you see it on his face when, he, when the camera pans to him. He's just, you know, he's just like, ah, that's just not it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Like, I, I wondered how he would do. And I wondered if, promoting within versus going for someone who's got the resume right was going to be the right thing but i mean he's showing that tenacity so i'm, I'm behind it yeah you know and, and you know when you hire from within you know it kind of guarantees that that culture stays you know that 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 team dynamic stays within your club um you know definitely you know wish him a lot of luck with that uh but i mean and, and when it comes to the seasons i mean we we circle I know, I know myself. I always look at two teams, right, from the West. Uh, I look at like, we circle Phoenix and we circle you guys because yeah. for as long as I can remember, New Mexico has always been very consistent. Um, they're always, you know, see, you know, always, you know, like up there. Um, and you, you know, being new to the USL, uh, that's I would say. I mean, your guys' attendance. I mean, you guys just you guys just sold out to over ten thousand tickets, right, for the loyal game this weekend. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Ten. I wouldn't doubt if it's at twelve by the time it. 12 or 13 by the time it all like clocks out. So speaking of that, so how big how big is Isotopes Park? Um well I think seats wise, I think it's like 1385, maybe is the wow. uh, 13,085 or something along those or five hundred and some is like the seats, but I think standing room only you can oversell it and probably have about fifteen. I think we oversold it wow. one one time, That's maybe in nineteen season and had close to about fifteen thousand in there. Wow! Yeah. And how, yeah. How, close, how close are you guys to getting your own stadium? Oh, uh, you know the the stadium went to vote last November, and so then that didn't pass, um, and so we're still obviously, you know, looking for when it's going to happen. I mean, the owner has said that you know they're still after it, and uh, they just want to put the stadium where it's going to make sense, where the people want it. They're not going to try to go back and put it in the same place, um, which is unfortunate because it would have been really nice downtown. I had yeah. public transit heading in from different places. And, you know, and of course, you know, there was the promise of the amount of jobs it could create, yeah. um, you know, and then the fact that it would be used by so many other folks. And um, so I don't know. I mean, I, gosh, I mean, you know, you, they, they say that teams got to have stadiums within three years, but I think also with this pandemic and such, you know, I probably just weathered the storm in such a way that, you know, mm-hmm. who knows how long we could be, could be like another five years. If for all we know, we could be the next two years. It just, we just really haven't seen any, any more developments in it. And I think that yeah. all of our, our attention is focused on just the team and how they're doing this year. And I think that, you know, yeah, that when they want us to see something, they'll start, you know, directing us that way again. We know that feeling all too well, man. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, we're struggling ourselves too. And Chris, I was a, uh, you know, joking with Miguel too. That's like I said, you know how many, how many USL teams play at a baseball park? And right now, I'm just like, well, what's going on with Midway? It's looking really complicated. 
what's going on with the SCSU Stadium Snapdragon having 36 plus, you know, seating there. And then uh, Loyal's, their attendance hasn't, you know, it's been good, but we're like, last time I checked, we're like 17th. So it's been kind of dwindling down a little bit, even though we're playing really well. And that's one of my concerns, but I was just, you know, talking to Miguel and I was like, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind just getting a freaking part, you know, stadium in Chula Vista and then just calling it our own and then just, just going all out on it and then having it be renovated. Kind of how like uh, uh, the Rowdies, you know, Outland Stadium is or something like that, even the Isotopes right. part, you know, so I wanted to ask you like, so what's, how's the, uh, I know it's uh, Isotopes Park. You know, is there still? I believe there's still baseball being played there, right? But how is the ambiance there being that, that it's a uh, we used to be a baseball park? Uh, I mean, well, it still is. I mean, it's baseball. Okay. It's a baseball field. I mean, the ambiance is like a fortress, right? I mean, when we first came in, it was like a fortress. Like you just got the the crowd participation and noise is there, you know. And of course, now the supporter section is growing because of more groups being formed. Um, and I mean, I think it, it could be a hard place to play. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like the first year it was like that. I think that the second year, of course, through COVID, you know, you couldn't really go to any matches and then it was real limited. Like we had no home matches on 2020, right. Except for the, the game away from home in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and then 2021 was like limited attendance. It was like maybe some you know 40 50 percent or whatever the vibe was until it kind of increased you know so a little different and then now it's like just full bore right and so but you still have folks that are obviously very cognizant about the pandemic so the numbers aren't like crossing 12s like easy like just right off the bat you know but they're still it's it's picking up you know what i'm saying so um but then i think the ambiance is there when you come there you you're like wow there's a lot of people here you know and especially for yeah a USL match, you're like, whoa, okay, you know, because you go to Phoenix and it's like just shy of 5,000 or so at times, you know, but you're coming here and it's like it has the potential to be, you know, yeah. 13, 14 if it wants, 10 at the least. Oh, my God. I, I mean, you couldn't even imagine having like, uh, yeah, 15,000 people to watch it. It'd, it'd be nice to see it at a, a San Diego Loyal game for sure, man. That's that's definitely something to be proud of. Um, And, and you know, from – um. So actually, so we know you from one of our fellow Chavo, uh, right. Veronica. Um, so, and she was, she actually mentioned something interesting that you guys don't have a president. Yeah. So black diamond, black diamonds itself is still very newish. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I launched it in June of, of 2021. I mean, the idea to conceive the group was June of 2019, but just, you know, the timing, you know, being in the middle of the right. season then the pandemic kind of pushes things away so you can't really congregate or build right so um and then you know last year was just kind of a we just got to do it kind of thing um but yeah no it's it's not structured that way currently um it's structured more with like me kind of at the at the helm there's like i have like a cadre of co-founders um other folks that um that were black soccer supporters are in the community um, that may or may not always be at the games like I am. So, like, it was more about just forming kind of a leadership, like, group with them and being like, hey, you know, and then everyone just kind of realized, like, hey, Chris, you're probably going to be the face, but, you know, they're able to kind of contribute. You know, we'll talk about things that are organizationally important. You know what I mean? Like, like 
whether or not we would affiliate with this or that or you know imagery we talk about things like of that nature you know things that are just very um like culture binding you know and, and so that's that's very specific to what we do with that so it's like them it'll be me um and then everyone is really you know just kind of like peers for the most part you know so you know if someone really wants to take lead on a particular board area because you know we have different ones like you know we got match day ops you know we got the whole end game we got tailgate we got you know watch party and socials and you know things of that nature um if folks want to take a lead it's like it's they're uh, they're able to take a lead if that makes sense and yeah. you know that's right. just because like i said we're not we're not set up where there's president vice and where there's things that are voted in at this point that might be something that comes in the future if we need it but right now it's just about you know following the mission we're good where we're at right now and you know i think it's just all about like letting folks be able to kind of jump into spots and see what they like and what they you know what what they feel like they can really contribute at and i think for me the biggest part is getting to see people just really um utilize their different talents or their different contributions you know like we had new members that joined um maybe but like maybe uh three four weeks ago and they're already contributing in a big way by helping us like you know do or can pull off one of our tailgates you know doing grilled cheese and such and 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 making cookies for it and that was huge for us i mean like we're just real thankful of when people like lean in to the vision like that and you know so it's always cool to see it i think that's what's going to kind of help me and help us as we keep going along to go okay like here we are now boom like what structure do we want to do you know because the other thing is like it needs to it needs to keep going and right you know, for me as something that i kind of like launched out there there is a little bit of that like there's a little bit of that like concern like you know like like i'd hate to be like okay yeah go ahead like who wants to try this next and then it just doesn't go yeah you know so i think it's just one of those things where i'm always going to kind of be in the space until there's people that can take it over and can run it the same way or better, you know? Yeah. The next generation. Yeah. You know, what you're starting is, that's why what you're starting is important. And that's why, um, well, first of all, I really want, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and I really appreciate when uh, a lot of the, you know, New Mexico supporters came out to San Diego and, and really showed us some respect and we showed them respect, you know, at the stadium and, and, and meeting up and stuff like that. But, um, uh, but what you're what you're doing is the beginning of something, and and, and I feel like uh, you know we have that type of connection there because you know we looked forward or we looked up to really in essence to uh, what New Mexico United was doing, um, just because you know in my opinion you know they you know when I was getting into the USL I was really respecting and and really looking into what New Mexico was doing and like their whole art, uh, you know one of their whole marketing when it comes to the team and stuff like that. So. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're starting something, and that's why, you know, us and Chavos, you know, we feel like we're, you know, we're, I'm, I'm one of the older guys, you know, and then, uh, you know, I'm, you know, who knows, in, in five years, I might be too old and be like, hey, guys, I just can't do this no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you have to push it on to like, you know, some of our new Chavos that are like in their early 20s, you know what I mean? I, I, trust me, yeah. I'm not in my 20s, even though uh, I might look like I'm 15, but. Um, <laughs> 20s but <laughs> i mean but like but to be fair though like i mean i was also like looking at y'all too you know like when i was 
when I was waiting to figure out how to launch I mean, I was also looking at how y'all kicked off and what you guys did with your membership and you know what I mean? So like, so I was definitely looking at, at Chavos too. Um, I, I'd say like, yeah, I was looking at obviously Featherstone Flamingos and I was looking at the flock and then I looked at what you guys were kind of doing. I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's good to just have the other like kind of culture groups out there, you know, cause it's really yeah. important because yeah. the bigger groups, like, yeah, they could definitely, they could definitely like pay homage or like, you know what I mean? To like, to those cultures, but like, they're not always going to be able to like focus in those areas. You know what I mean? And when you're like living that it's easier for you to be like, well, this is kind of something that we're already doing. This is like already everyday life, you know? So it's just kind of, it becomes, you know, that, that vocation, but you just have to figure out a way to make it special to where it's not, or it's not mundane or it's like, Oh, okay. Well, like, you know, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it just can't ever like, like drown, be drowned out. Yeah. How are you guys' uh, numbers uh, looking right now? How you guys been? Um, we're good right now. We've got 142 members oh, wow. um, signed up, so it's it's, it's been yeah, it's still everyday discovery type thing. Like yeah. people who know us are because we either fall into the team's feed or because we've got these like real bright pink scarves. You know what I mean with the with the flare. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. you know, but we just you know, I mean like we gained members from something simple. Like we made a women's history month sticker. It was like a purple diamond, you know, we just kind of purpled okay. it out, you know, and it was just kind of a tribute to that, that month. And we just gave them out to all the different women in the stadium and, you know, and, and that's what we did, you know, and then eventually that became, you know, like new members because they became curious about the group from that aspect, you know, so. Dude, that's that's awesome, and I can tell you right now that's um, uh, that's that's how we've been growing as well. You know, for the for the travels, we uh, we we try to be as loud as possible to the point where we're just like we you you have to kind of force people to see us, but right? you have to force to, you know, yeah. force people to kind of turn their head to us. And um, fortunately for us, you know, we were able to actually get recognized. Um, what about you guys? Were you guys uh officially recognized by New Mexico United as a as an official supporter group? Yeah, like it's it's like how do I put it like. We didn't have like any particular like standard in front of us uh-huh. to like to be recognized, you know. Okay. But we, we we launched as a group, and you know the whole you know we've been obviously like growing in membership and such, um, and so I we just were recognized kind of from from the I think from the very beginning to be honest, um, but you know we've recently joined you know independent supporters council, so in that regard, you know we're kind of recognized a little bit more on a national base, you know, amongst, you know, ISC and being a member of that along with like the curse, as far as our club is concerned. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's been it. I mean, we have a lot of like, like crewed up groups in the stadium too. You know, we have sectional kind of groups. Right. And I think the culture here is we would call you, an SG or some one of a supporters group until you declare what it is you want to be seen as, you know? So you got groups that are sectional groups. You got groups that are tailgate groups. You know what I mean? It's a good blend of a, a lot of different things, but like, you know, but then I think when you get into like the nature of like independent supporters council, like obviously they define what, you know, what they would see a supporter group to be in that regard. Right. Like, you know, 
yeah pulling a pulling a membership and you know the the overall purpose of the group serving a community things of that nature so doing tifo right yeah yeah tifo exactly <laughs> hey crystal a, a couple of things here i wanted to uh ask you uh for one before uh, uh we get into other topics uh I wanted to ask you, what do you think the prediction or the end result or your prediction is going to be for the matchup? Yeah, how, how, how much are going to how much are the loyal going to win by? <laughs> hey, now, I mean, we need you guys to lose a bunch so you can be so you can have a second chance to come out to New Mexico this year. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, honestly, man, like this is real. It's real tough because, like, if you had hit me, if you guys had hit us like in the first like four games of the season, we'd be like, oh, dude, we're gonna like. We're, we're, we're just unstoppable. But the thing is, is, like, the ro- the roster is so good, man. Like, like this team is exciting to watch. And our first team in the first year was exciting to watch. I think yeah. we got returners the second and third, but, like, it was just missing something. And Nico Brett is, like, a big part of it. Nico Brett, uh, Tabor Itaka, um, Ratty Ovuka, like we got like some guys now, you know what I mean? And so there's some definite definite pace. Prediction wise, ooh, I just feel like it, it's man. It's been it's been a little it's been a little slow. This one's tough for me because I'm trying to be very honest and not bullshit yeah. you guys. Um, well, we just remember too that New Mexico they they have two games in hand, so yeah. it's not too they're not too too much in the dumps right now. They're they're not doing too well at the moment, but they could beat us, you know, if they're at home and then well, win another match and they're up there. Well, you remember the game we played against y'all last year, and you know y'all were definitely good with possession and able to take to turn up some some scores. We were really good about allowing one or scoring one right and so in which we allowed the one right but then we were able to still hold you there was the thing about san diego having more possession which that was a thing and then we were able to find that late goal right mm-hmm. and and, and pull it even right so there was that but um i just think this could have a little bit of that we've been playing and a back three lately and i think that that has been the contributor to like us not winning because when you have teams that are, are coming up and are playing the left and right sides then it starts to expose like the attributes yeah. of the players right so um i, I kind of feel like it might be like a, a one one a one one draw and that'd be like nothing no one wants to see <laughs> you know what i mean I know, I know chandler wants to see that <laughs> right yeah exactly chandler exactly right or carson for that matter but i mean you know what i mean but like i just i think i don't i don't know it's it's really hard to think that we're gonna pull the win because y'all are definitely like you know a good opponent too so i don't know i'd say one one is probably a prediction i'm throwing out yeah. Okay. What about you, John? Um. Well, I mean, the, their loyals coming off of you know a long stretch of having you know a couple of games during the week, you know, within like a seven, you know, eight, you know, day period, you know, like three games during eight days or whatnot. 
So they're really getting arrested. He has a lot of, lot of, uh, you know, I want to say injuries, but I think some players are tired and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, uh, waste or a lot of energy was spent the past couple weeks, you know, especially with the match against Albion uh, in the Open Cup and then the match against, uh, you know, uh, LA Galaxy. You know, then they have to travel all the way to New Mexico. And uh, we traveled, you know, all the way, you know, so. Um, right. I really can't say. I know it's going to be a tough match because I know New Mexico is going to want to go for that win. You know, again, they got they got two games in hand, so they're you know almost like at the bottom of the table right now. But it doesn't really mean much right now because Loyal's has nine games played and New Mexico has seven, so it's you really can't look at it in that way. So I, I feel like New Mexico is definitely going to come out and then they're going to have that home crowd and you know you know just how we just talked about earlier that they got a lot of tickets sold. You know, the Landon Donovan is going to be there. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to see Landon Donovan, San Diego Loyal, you know. So I think it's going to be a really tough atmosphere there. And it obviously helps. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to call for a draw too, man. But I think I'm going to go for 2 2 draw. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's actually, yeah, it's not too bad. And actually, you know, I'm Chris. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of, uh, go off of what you said. You know, ain't no scene as a New Mexico has been playing a, a, a back line of three. Um, we, I don't know if you've been watching much loyal game, but we, we have a very strong offense. Our defense has been our weak point, And, um, especially during away games, I mean, the, the counterattack really kills us, really kills us. And, uh, I mean, we squeaked by Tampa Bay. I mean, we, we lost to Tulsa and it was just, uh, it, it was, uh, we, we're not a very good away team. And I think that's going to probably make a difference for you guys right there. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of going with John here. I'm going to go with like a two-two tie. Um, it, it just feels like it, it feels like our defense just isn't there yet, and um, you guys need a win. You know, you guys need a yeah. win. You got a good team, and you guys are going to be at home. But at the same time, I feel like our offense can probably get us there. I mean, Cal Vassell, that guy's a he is on another level, man. It's a beast. And, yeah. he, and then hopefully Thomas Amang comes back. That guy has been, you know, he's he's a little workhorse too, and it's just like, oh my god, man. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to to see it happen because I mean, obviously, you know, it's to be like, you know, San Diego Oil's first time in the stadium, mm-hmm. and I think it's just perceived that like the supporters are just like so chill to each other, <laughs> but it's like yeah. you just really haven't. You just wonder like what it's going to be, right? Because I mean, like El Paso immediately was a derby, and it, yeah. there's just something about that for New Mexico because it's either going to be like within the state, it's like you know, it's the whole like Rio Grande rivalry of the I Battle of I twenty five. So it's like always going to be like you know, New Mexico, New Mexico State, or you know, it's El Paso versus New Mexico as a rivalry, right? And so. That was an instant thing. And, of course, Phoenix was like, oh, here's a team that has been doing it. They're one of the best. We came in there the first year and, you know, put three on them. And, of course, they put three on us. And it was – it just became a thing, right? Like, it just became this rivalry. You know, even though you guys have more registered wins on them, like, you know, our folks just, like, just – we just see it that way. And we think Phoenix kind of – sees it that way or they try to feed it right so that it would be something and uh and then y'all go in and like put a few on them and then 
it's just you know it's it's like they can't really hold the torch to y'all and i don't know if what we i don't i don't know if the census is right now like with the whole san diego new mexico thing you know what i mean but i feel like like low-key like there needs to be some sort of like there needs to be some sort of some sort of cup series between like phoenix san diego you're El talking Paso, about and new mexico like some sort of Thing, almost like the like Cascadia Cup, almost yeah. something like called the Southwestern or something like that. The, it needs to be something because yeah. I mean, like we're like ally teams. Those teams are kind of like ally teams to each other because they're both like kind of the ultra supporter group kind of teams. You know what I mean? Like they're like the they're both of our enemies, but they like are they're friends to each other because of the fact that they shared one thing in common. Yeah. Know? So it's just, <laughs> we should it's we just should probably involve. Yeah, we should probably involve El Paso and, and maybe RBG too. And then there'd be like called the uh, the the Rio Grande Cup or something like that. <laughs> Someone crazy like right. that, right? Yeah, the border, border Cup. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be that'd be super awesome, man. No, but uh, no, definitely. You know, we definitely appreciate the uh, you know the fact that you were able to come on, you know, come on and talk a little bit about you know what your group does, you know, how you guys got started. Um, you know, I know what you talked about earlier, but you are, you guys definitely are one of the groups that we actually looked up to, um, you know, when we we're doing all this stuff. Uh, uh, just the fact that we were able to, and you guys, I can see you guys are kind of doing the, or, you know, the organic thing, the fact that you guys don't have a president, you know, you're not forcing it, you know, it's just, uh, right. it, it's going to get to a point where people are going to show up and people are going to, they're going to stand up and they're going to, they're going to take ownership of, uh, of certain aspects of ESG. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we definitely do see a bright future for your group. For sure, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's an enemy of Chandler is my my best friend. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> right, right. Is that here's to that? That's that's you know, right. You know, but Chris, uh, you're you're more than welcome anytime you're in San Diego to hit us up and Chavos. Uh, you know, you know, we're always doing something. One of us, either someone's DJing at a club, or you know, someone's. We're having drum circles somewhere, just hanging out, or someone wants to have a barbecue. We're always doing something, so you're more than welcome. Uh, you and the Black Diamonds to come out, uh, you know, and hit us up sometime. Uh, yeah, we summer. always so, have that beach day. We could always yeah, have man. that again. That was a lot of fun that one day. Oh yeah, man, Fiesta yeah. Island. That was good. Yeah, yeah, we could do. We could do some uh, uh, anti uh, Chandler, you know, tempos <laughs> and stuff, drum together and stuff. You know, we just exchange them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, that'd be yeah, so we, much fun. Yeah, man, we we have. Oh, they'll hate that so much. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Just, you know. I want to do it now, so let's do it <laughs> at the beach. And don't get me wrong, I mean, but come this Saturday, I mean, yeah, you guys, yeah, it's it is what it is. I mean, we're we're playing against each other and stuff like that. But I think there's definitely mutual respect between both clubs and uh and all all of our SGs. You know, like the locals, uh, the curse, you guys, and then us. So it's um it's definitely one of those uh. It's one of those respectful rivalries where it's like we we know who you guys are and i think you right. guys have a good idea of who we are as well so we, we definitely exactly. definitely dig that hey right on that's cool yeah well let's see how the match goes uh guys i mean if, if you guys are uh, depending on her and talk you know after match and see how things went you know so we'll yeah just talk no, about sounds that. good let's do that yeah. all right all right fellas well, well thank, thank you, you again chris yeah, yeah man thanks for having me on appreciate it I <laughs> appreciate it, man. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody. Uh, and don't forget, uh, Ron Newman Cup final this Sunday. San Diego soccer is going for sweet, sweet 16. Man, that's, 
the only championship we have. We need people to come out. So yeah, come and join the Bulls <laughs> and the Bayocho if you can. Uh, in, I mean, indoor soccer, man, gotta love it. All right, let's do it. All right, thanks everybody. Have a great night. Later.